You've tuned into Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that the messages provide an atmosphere for growth and grace in your relationship with Christ and an opportunity for you to gather together in community, whether online or in person. Now let's go into the message. Living on leftovers. Someone say, I'm living on leftovers. Father, bless your word. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Living on, someone say it again, I'm living on leftovers. So, Thursday, um, we had um, Thanksgiving, and um, all over the world, there were either people that were um, two sides of the spectrum. I've realized as I get older, two sides. Hey, Kamisha, I'm going to preach today because you're here. So, there were people on two sides of the spectrum. It was people that were either cooking food or there were the people that were eating the food that was cooked. You shall not be judged on whichever side you are on. There are some of you who have a ministry of cooking and we thank God. And then there are some of you who have a ministry of eating and we praise the Lord for it. Thank you, PJ. I'm not the only one. I did cook two dishes of which I posted and people asked me what it was, which could mean that either it was so good that they wanted it, or it meant that my picture made them wonder, what is it? <laughs> Which is not good. However, it's not always what it looks like, it's how it tastes, and we thank the Lord for it. But um, I um, am not a cook. I can cook and follow instructions, um, but I cook for what I call survival. I don't cook to invite people. I just cook. If I, if I had to do it, I'd do it. Uh, but I did make some desserts, and I do make a mean breakfast, praise the Lord. Uh, but for Thanksgiving, uh, many people cook, and uh, we thank the Lord for all the different uh, great calories that we um, took part of on Thursday. But a lot of people focus so much on Thanksgiving, but there's another group of people who have a praise that's reserved not for Thanksgiving, but they have a praise that's reserved for Friday, for Saturday, and for Sunday. Those are the people who are in the group that thank the Lord for the leftovers. You know, there are a lot of us who are like, ooh, this food is good on Thursday. But there's a lot of us who say, oh, no, but wait till Friday. Wait till it sits a little bit longer. Wait till that juice gets in there and it just starts to set. And we start thanking God for leftovers. And many of you know that you have the leftover ministry because what happens when your child asks you on Friday or on Saturday, what are they going to eat? The response is, you know what you're going to eat. You go in that kitchen, and you get some of the leftovers that are there. Someone, anybody, am I the only one? You go in there, and sometimes, now, there's nothing wrong with leftovers until it goes over into Monday into Tuesday. Now, you're not in leftovers anymore. You're just lazy. <laughs> but for those first few days, you know, we thank the Lord for the different things that, and how it tastes better the next day and all this stuff. And you tell your children, you go in there and you make you something that's already in there. Um, if you have a child like mine, um, Derry, uh, not Darius, I won't talk about him. He's uh, older. But if you have a child like Miles um, who gets the, the later the day goes, the more hungry he becomes, you might not have that food too long. Um, so you might, uh, 1130, you'll hear somebody munching in there and it's not a rat, it's Miles. 
um, and you start to appreciate the fact that God has given you leftovers because you don't have to buy any food for those days. Anyone thank the Lord for that? I'm trying to give you all reason to praise the Lord that you got to thank God. Um, I also want to, um, before I go forward, we want to continue to pray for uh, Keith's mother um, and we, uh, the loss of her husband. We do want to continue to pray for her and keep her up in prayer during this season right now. Uh, but we want to be uh, continue to thank the Lord uh, for leftovers. And um, But in this particular text, I didn't even know leftovers was in the text until I kept reading it. Because, you know, I eat leftovers, especially stuff I hadn't cooked. <laughs> so I thanked the Lord for it. And I didn't realize that when I looked at the text that this whole time, the man of God or even God himself was trying to teach her and teach us years later how to live on leftovers or to get to the point of leftovers. And I'm not talking about uh, what someone handed down to you or I'm not talking about something you don't want, but I'm talking about uh, uh, to the point of handling what belongs to him, handling his stuff, and see what he adds to that and how you're able to live in a word I call surplus. Uh, that you're able to live in abundance. Someone say, I want that spot. I want that spot. And I've been teaching for the last few weeks on the series about uh, where the treasure resides, and I've been trying to make sure that, that uh, you have practical as well as spiritual teaching. And in this particular scripture, I want to mix the practical and the spiritual together instead of giving you statistics and stuff like that, because I want to make sure that as you move forward and as you grow in your walk with Christ, that you're not growing spiritually and struggling financially. Um, I don't want, I want your prayers to change. I want you to go from not praying God provide to now God has provided. Let me see what I'm going to do with this leftover. Let me see what I'm going to do with this overflow. And in this particular scripture, we find that there was a prophet's wife uh, whose her husband had passed away. The prophet had been serving for, we don't know how long he had been serving, but he had been serving the man of God, Elijah. Elijah was a prophet. He was, a, uh, he was one who was connected to his predecessor, his spiritual father, Elijah. But Elijah uh, had spiritual sons, and he was, they were serving him, serving him in ministry. And one of those particular prophets had uh, died. Um, we do know that, of course, this must, must not have been a monastic uh, mono, uh, uh, mon, uh, type of um, um, where you call mon monks. They were not the ones that did not believe in marriage. Uh, they, they actually were married, so you don't hear a lot about that in Scripture, but these prophets were married, um, and they were not uh, participating in celibacy as most monks do. They were not these types of uh, monks. They, they, they were not these type of prophets. They were the ones who were married, but the Scripture reads that she had an issue and her issue was that one of her, someone in her household, the income that she had through her, her husband, who was a prophet, who was serving in ministry, he had died. And now she's at a point that he died in ministry but left her debt. He died in ministry but left her debt. And I say that, and I want to stop there just for a moment, because whatever you don't handle in life, someone will have to deal with in your death. <clears throat> whatever you think you can sweep under or it's not going to be a big deal, eventually whatever you don't deal with, you will leave your family dealing with the stuff that you chose not to deal with. That's why some of us are not just dealing with financial debt. Some of us are dealing with generational debt. 
Some of us are dealing with generational struggles and things that we did inherit, things that we did not ourselves do, but someone chose not to deal with it. Someone chose not to talk about it and because they didn't talk about it or deal with it. Now we are inherited someone else's issue. That is not the inheritance you want to leave. Someone said, don't leave that. Someone said that out loud. Don't leave that. That is not the inheritance you want to leave. Do not hand your struggle to someone else who doesn't deserve it. We don't want to do that. And that's why it's very important in this scripture. She, she realized that she had, was in debt, not because of her, but because of something her husband. Now, I'm not, not saying he was wrong or anything. I'm saying that maybe he did not have a lot to work with as far as those people who feel like ministry is a lucrative place. And it feels like you just get all types of things and perks and benefits and stuff like that. It does not always work like that. It is not about you don't get into ministry to get rich. I have the quiet church today. Maybe this is the turkey one. Uh, we don't have, y'all, your mouths are stuffed. Praise the Lord. But we don't have that. You don't get in ministry for money. Ministry is always supposed to be about people. If ministry is not about people, it's not about ministry. It's about your platform. Ministry has to always be about people. And sometimes you'll do more ministry than you'll have money. So maybe this was a man who was in a position that he did not have a lot, but his heart was in the right place where he was serving the people, but he died and left his family in debt. So now as we look at this text, there is now a creditor of someone who he's indebted to who's now coming after his assets. His assets not just be his house, but according to the culture of that time, I'm getting there, it just take me a little bit of time to get there, but I'm almost there. This creditor was not just coming to get the house or resources or, or a mattress. Or, or any of that type of stuff. He was coming to get her children. Let me tell you something. You don't know an anger until you mess with a mother's children. You have not messed with someone until you mess with their child. You can talk about me all day, but if you talk about my child, you're going to see something rise up that you might not want to see. Can I get a witness in the room? This woman was okay with someone coming after her, possibly. But when he said, I've got to grab your children, because according to the culture of that time, they, they wanted to grab anything that belonged to value. And what happens is they would take their child and they would keep their child until they call the year of Jubilee. The year of Jubilee was even seven years where eventually your debt was paid. You know how credit reports are. After something has been on there for seven years, it's supposed to erase. And if it doesn't erase, write them a letter and say, hey, it's been seven years. Take that off my credit. So my credit can grow. Y'all, just practical stuff. And here it is seven years later, the year of Jubilee. Then it was able to release your children back. You can't have my child for seven years. To owe or to pay off a debt that I didn't even do anything to get into. You can't have my child. So what happened is, in order to what happened, what she was challenging, she had an issue. She had something that was going on, not just affecting her, but that was going to affect her household, affect her child, affect her lineage, what, was, what came out of her. There's something about that thing. I can't seem to release that. You have to learn how to protect the things that came out of you. Some people, when you don't appreciate stuff, you just give it away. 
when you don't appreciate yourself and appreciate your time and appreciate your resources and appreciate your mind, you let people call you and talk about other people and you let people do garbage and waste on you and do all these type of things because you don't value yourself. But when you really value yourself, you say, now look, I don't have a problem with you talking about whoever you're going to talk about, but what I do have a problem with is you talking about them to me. Because if you can talk about me, them to me, that means when I'm not around, you can talk about me to them. I don't have time for you to practice, for you to waste your garbage on me because I am not a garbage dump and I value my time. It is the only thing I cannot get back. But when you don't appreciate your time and when you don't appreciate your mind and when you don't appreciate your body and when you don't appreciate your money, you give it away to anybody who likes you. But when you appreciate yourself and you don't need someone to say your eyes are brown, you can look at your own mirror and say, I brought these contacts. That's why they're brown. I know what they are. I know what color they are. But I appreciate myself and I'm not willing to give myself away because it costs me too much to get here. My peace costs me more than your money could ever pay for. Can I get someone in the room that can say my peace is valuable? I want somebody to say that. I, that's why I protect this church. That's why I protect this space. I won't let anybody come in here and mess with your peace. Some of y'all have been wounded. Some of you have been dropped. Some of you have been manipulated. Some of you have gone through. Some people said you didn't belong. And God raised up a church here in Lexington for you to finally feel at peace. I won't let a ninja or a devil or a warlock or a devil, anybody come in here and mess with your peace. Mess with my child if you want. We fought too hard to get here. Someone say, I fought too hard. So what happened to this woman to get to the place of leftovers, that was her journey to get to that place. It was a test for her. A test for her to get there. She had an issue. But the first thing she had to do, she said, I got to go to the man of God. Now, that sounds real simple. But the first point in order for you to say something, the first thing is you got to learn how to remove your pride. Because there are a lot of us who have issues and are going through things, but we say nothing. So you cannot get help based on what you don't say. So you can be hurt, but if you want help, you're going to have to say something. You can't be sitting here hurting and not say anything and then blame the prophet for not knowing where you hurt. You can die of cancer undetected. Because you didn't have the ability or pride kept you from saying things. And I, I want to mess up this whole ideology of we saying stuff, what goes on in my house stays in my house. And that's what happens with half of us. Because you were molested and hurt in your house and you didn't have the courage to say the truth outside your house. Someone say that devil is a liar. Because if the issue is in my house and there is no help in my house, that means i got to go out of my house to get help I need. And it might make me shunned and people might talk about me and people might say I'm better than them I'm not trying to be better I just don't like being bitter and I can't stay like this there's got to be something different and if it means me talking I'm going to talk not on Facebook I'm going to talk to a counselor I'm going to talk to a debtor repair person I'm going to talk to whoever I need 
to because this thing hurts and I don't like it. Grandmama hurt, my aunt hurt, my daddy left me, my mama left me, and I can't live the rest of my life quiet. But you have to deal with pride to be able to acknowledge, I don't like this. This is not me. And the scripture says that pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. I have known more Holy Ghost-filled, prideful people than I can tell you. I'm talking about we got the Holy Ghost, but won't tell you somebody in my family has got COVID. I can't pray for what I don't know. And there are a lot of people who want the prophet, Brother Shane, to discern what you're going through. I am 41 freaking years old. I don't have time to go into a mystical wonder trying to figure out you need you're hurt. You're going through a storm. I'm not the whiz, and I'm not trying to figure this thing out. Sometimes the best thing you can do is tell somebody where it hurts. When Jesus came to the, to the, to the, to the, situ, to the scene of the crime where Lazarus had died, sister was crying. After she got through crying, the short description of the verse, two words, Jesus wept. After he got through weeping and she wept, Jesus asked one word. He said, show me, gave one instruction. He said, show me where you laid them. I can't, ri- I can't raise nobody. I don't know where they are. Show me where they laid them, and I can show you resurrection. But if you can't take me to the grave, I can't show you resurrection. I know it's practical, but I'm trying to tell people, there are a lot of you, you won't even get any further than this. We won't get any further than this if we operate in pride. Some of the reason that you can't smile is because you won't talk. Anger. Anger, resentment. All that stuff builds up. And it builds up a sense of, some of, I, I remember growing up in, the, in a particular church, and I, I used to wonder when people used to so-called get the spirit, whatever. I used to wonder why the more spirit they got, the more mean they got. And they would start fighting in the church. I'm talking about song would rise up, and they would go, and all of a sudden, their praise would be violent. And it would, you, who, whoever was around, you might get hit in your face. You might get a book thrown at you. You don't, you don't, whatever. And we said that was praise. And I looked at their life, and I now realize it was built up rage. Because the Spirit of God is many things, but violent he is not. I know you don't like it. You should have came to another church on Thanksgiving weekend. But he is not violent. Someone say he's not violent. Because the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, and sound mind. He is not violent. He will not make you hit somebody in their face and call it God. I know I lost all of y'all. I'm like, well, my grandmama did it. Maybe she was mad. Maybe she used the music to be able to hit somebody she's been wanting to hit all week. 
And all of a sudden, she's like, thank you. Whew, thank you, Lord. They meant well. I'm just playing. But you have to, and all of us, have to be able to get to the point that we're able to talk about what's going on. So this woman was not satisfied with saying, my husband died. Now they're going to come and take my children. I'm going to figure this thing out. She said, oh, no. I got to go to see where I can get some help. So she went to the man of God, and she said, this is what's going on in my house. And she was able to remove the pride. And then the man of God responded. And when he responded, he said to her, Mother Higgins, he responded. He said, what can I do for you? Then he asked another question, and he said, what's in your house? That spoke to me because it contradicts prophets that we know of today. Because prophets that we know prophesy to our issue. Don't be quiet in this Thanksgiving weekend. This man did not prophesy to our problem, but he showed her how to face the problem. The first thing is you got to remove pride. The second thing is you got to face the problem. The man of God did not respond to her and said, three days from now, everything's going to be taken care of. No. He asked some questions. Process of elimination. He said to her, he responded, and he said, what can I do for you? Which is to say, hey, this is an issue that's beyond you. This is something that you can't control. What can I do for you? And then he said to her, then he said, now, now you tell me what's in your house. Because the man of God wanted to help. But he could not help on his own. He said, but I can ask him questions that could put you in a spot to get your own miracle. Could it be possible that some of us are not better because we don't want to do it ourselves? He asked her, now tell me what's in your house, not what do you want in your house. He said, what do you already have? Someone, just someone, open your mouth right now and say, Lord, show me what I have. Show me what I have. Just, he said, what's already in your house? And she said, I don't have anything uh, but a little jar of oil. That's all I have. He said to her, he said, that's good. He said, that's fine. He said, I, I, want, I just want to assess what's in your house. Because if there was furniture there, if there was something else of value that was an asset, then the creditor could, creditor could come and take that. But because she said, all I have is an, a jar of oil. That's all I have, a little thing. I don't have anything else. He said, good. He said, now I'm teaching you how to face the problem. He said, that's good because it's interesting. The reason that I believe he wanted her to face the problem, because it's very difficult for those of you who are listening right now, it's very dis difficult for you to take care of your household and be in debt. It's very hard to shout when you know you owe somebody. It's very hard to lift your hands. We don't teach stuff like this anymore. It's very hard for you to lift your hands when you know your credit is bad. It's hard for you to lift your hands when you know you have bad spending habits. It's hard when you're on Sunday, but you're thinking about what you shouldn't spend on Black Friday. It's hard when you're trying to give on Sunday, but you're thinking about Cyber Monday. You're thinking about tomorrow, all those type of things. It's very hard when you have, uh, you have things that come to you, but as quick as it comes to you, it leaves you. 
It's very hard. It's very difficult to praise God when you know you owe something. Oh, it's very hard. Uh, as I grew up, it's hard to praise God when you know what you got doesn't even belong to you. So he said to her, I want you to face the problem. I don't want to prophesy to the problem. I want you to face the problem. So then he says to her, and she says what she has, and she says, that's all I can do. He said, all right, good. He said, that's fine. That's all you have. That's what you can do. He said, your servant has nothing. He said, then he said to her, go outside, borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels, and not too few. Then go in and shut the door behind yourself and your sons and pour into all these vessels. And when one is full, set it aside. I don't want you to miss this. First, she was able to remove her pride by talking about it. Then he started talking to her to assess the situation, which means then he said, let's face this problem. But after, after he asked her what was in her house and she responded, then after that he said, now this is what you're going to do. Because then he gave her a plan. You have to have a plan. Someone say, I have to have a plan. You can't speak to what you won't deal with. You have to have a plan. I told you that a few weeks ago. You have to have a plan to get out of debt. You can't pray everything away. Some things you have to pay away. Try going to Macy's today. Go there, rack up everything you want. Get to the cashier and say, Thank you, Jesus. Ooh, he's a wonder, isn't he? Oh, he's great. And that cashier's going to say, when you get finished, that'll be one fifteen fifty nine. Oh, na na ma. I can't pay for this, but Jesus paid it all. Well, you will not be having this today. <laughs> That's not how this thing works. You cannot pray things away. You have to learn how to get a plan for it. So this man said to her, he said, that's, that's good. You face the problem. Now that you face this problem, and I know these things are practical. I'm not trying to hype you. He said, I know you, uh, all that stuff. He said, but I, here's the plan. Go to your house. Assess what you have. See what you have. You only got a little bit of all good. Now, go borrow from your neighbors. Now, some of y'all would have stopped right there. Because you like God, but you don't like people. I love you, Jesus. I worship him, but I can't stand her. Just want to tell you if she don't stop looking at me. We love God, but we don't have a good relationship with people. But what he was trying to show her, he says, you owe the creditor, but you have assets with the people around you. Could you be looking over the people that God wants to use to help you? Could people be around you that have the answer to what you need, but you won't even use them because you don't like them? Whew, maybe this is the wrong message for the wrong day. Could it be possible that the help you need is already in your corner and is already around you? While you're praying for God to send more people, could they already be there? While you're praying for God to send better friends and somebody else, could you already have everything you need, but there are people that you just won't talk to? 
He said, go around your neighborhood and borrow. Now, it's hard for me to get past that because many of us cannot talk to other people because we don't want other people to know what we're going through. So I can't talk to you because I don't want you to know what I'm going through because I don't know who you're going to tell. First thing, don't tell everybody everything. But there are some people that you can tell some things to without telling them everything. Because some people like to see you struggle. But there are some people who say, I might not be able to help you a lot, but whatever I have, I will make sure that I help you. If everybody around you is leeches, it's not them, it's your lack of discernment. If someone has shown you they're a liar, and you say around them, you can't get mad at somebody who's already showed you who that reminds me of this story. Teach, Mario. Reminds me of this story. Of this woman uh, who bought, um, uh, she bought a, um, a cobra. Um, she got this cobra. Cobra is a snake, for those of you who don't know. Bought a cobra, pet it, made him a pet. Named him. King, I guess. Named him. Uh, took a bath with the cobra. Fed the cobra. Uh, played with the cobra. Did all these different types. Kept the cobra for a long time. One day, um, the cobra um, got agitated and bit her. Venom got into her body. She started to die. She responded to the cobra and said, I took you in my house. I took care of you. I fed you. I gave you a bath. How could you kill someone who's been so good to you? The cobra responded to her and said, you knew what I was when you got me. If something slithers around you, believe the sound of the slither. You cannot make a wolf a sheep. Whatever you see, believe it. When God has shown you that that person was not loyal to the person before you, and they actually dated you to get out of the relationship they were currently in. So if you were the other before y'all got together, who's to say there's not going to be another after you? Oh, it's got quiet in this Episcopalian church today. Believe the habits that you see. <laughs> Am I helping anybody today? I hope, I'm, I know y'all want me to, ah, I want you to stop trying to dress up a snake. <laughs> there is no amount of prayer that can resurrect your body from venom that is already in you. And there are many of you all who have believed the lie. And now you can't function because of the venom that is in your life. You can't believe God. You can't hear what I'm saying because you ignored the lie. So you allowed them to bite you. And what happened is, Shane, once they bit you, your full self still went back. I'm sorry, not y'all. Somebody else. I got mad for a second. You went back. And then ask God to get you out of it. They bought you flowers. 
Maybe they didn't do that this day. Today they cash-shapped you and said, I'm sorry. Let me tell you something. I don't care how sorry a snake is. A snake is a snake. If it bit you once, it will bite you again. Someone say, it'll bite you again. If someone in your life right now, why am I talking about this? If someone in your life right now has scales and they have shown you that they are not submitted to the cause of Christ, you cannot win them over to God if their heart is not towards him. I don't care how fine you are. I don't care how many things you try to put on your pants to make you look like you got Kim Kardashian stuff. Don't pay for nothing that ain't yours. Sorry. Come back. Told her how to face the problem and get a plan. The plan was borrow vessels from your neighbors. And when you borrow vessels from your neighbors, this is taking a turn I didn't plan for it to take. Caesar, come up here and preach it better than me. It says, go borrow vessels from your neighbors. Once you borrow those vessels, take them home. When you take them home, you're going to pour. Oh, I don't want you to miss this part. This is Sandra. She said it. Don't forget this part. Don't just borrow. But when you get home, shut the door. That's the part we miss. Don't tell everybody everything you're doing. When you're working on a plan, close your mouth. Someone just say that loud. I just blessed five of y'all. Just holler out, close your mouth. It was not that Joseph's dream was the issue. It was Joseph's mouth that was the issue. It is not that God didn't have a call on his life, but it was his mouth that was the issue. That he talked too much. You don't need to tell everybody your dreams. Unless you can fund them, unless you're a silent investor, unless you're, unless you're there, everybody cannot handle what's on me. Does not mean I'm trying to be better. Doesn't mean I don't, I don't want to have friends. I want to have friends, but I want to have the right ones. I want to have the right ones that are around me because there's some people that are in your life and all they are is scaffolding. You know what scaffolding is? It is what is used when you're building a building that is there to hold up the walls until the support system is done. And when the support system is built, the scaffolding leaves because it's now able to stand on its own. I don't need scaffolding when I'm able to do it myself. Don't hold people in your life who are only good at being temporary. You cannot have people in your life that are only good at being seasonal. Have mercy. I don't know why this message is going this way. I'm supposed to be talking about something else. But I, if this is for anybody, raise your hand and say, this is exactly for me. I don't know why I'm talking about this. But it is very important that even when they were coming out of Egypt, even when they were coming out of that situation, it was very important who spoke the report. Because Moses had never been in the land, but he had to trust the other people. And ten of them said, I know it's in the land, but I don't, think we're, I don't think we can do it. But two people said, I know what's in the land, and I know there's giants there, but I know we are well able. Whose report are you listening to? People who say, there ain't never no good men. I can't find no good men. And it's because you keep trusting an app. 
after you keep putting in what you want, is that who God wants for you or is that what you want? Because you can't find an app when God says he that finds a wife finds a good thing. He didn't say they were on Tinder. And your boyfriend is not on OnlyFans. I'm sorry, the kids ain't in here anyway. And you keep saying, God, show me. You're on the wrong browser, boo. The only B you need to be looking in is called the Bible. Come here, Ruth. Ruth just happened to be gleaning in the field that belonged to Boaz. The woman had a plan. She was not hoeing. She was working. Oh, come on, turkey. Start working right now. Somebody in the room say, work. I know some of y'all having a hard time. Can we say that in church? You're doing it outside of it. You can't get help. That's why everybody can't stand me. Because you cannot get help from what you don't say. Shout yourself crazy. But I'm telling you, I have been the musician. I have been the choir director. And it goes down in the choir stand. Y'all talking to the wrong person. I already know how it goes down. Choir robe is just an illusion for easy access. This opportunity in this field is not for dating. I need to work on myself because I am in debt. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about I can't afford to give you my time right now. I can't afford for you to waste my character right now. I can't afford for you to waste my sanity and my peace. You look good, but you ain't for now. If I need something, I can buy something, but you ain't it. I will preach and play the drums and play the organ. Somebody say, preach, boy. You cannot allow people to waste your time. She, he said, borrow vessels. This is taking a turn. He said, borrow vessels. Go shut the door. Shut the door until I tell you to open it. Shut the door until it's worked out. Shut the door until it's finished. Shut the door until it's already taken care of. Do not open the door because if you open the door, that means the creditor can come in while you're still working on it. Don't open the door because people can come in and access you while you're still a work in progress. I don't need you yet. I need you, but I don't need you right now. Because if I let you in right now, you might mess up what I'm working on. If you come into me right now, and why am I talking about dating? If you come and date me or take me out right now, thank you for the meal. But I don't want a relationship because I'm not ready for it. Because I'm still working on myself. Someone holler out in the room, I'm working on something working on me and I don't feel bad that I'm working on me I have given myself to everybody for all these other years so excuse me if I'm selfish and close the door on you somebody say shut the door I apologize but you can't visit right now 
I apologize, but you can't Netflix and chill right now. I apologize. I thank you for the cash out, but it doesn't flatter me. I'm rescinding it to the sender. <laughs> because I'm working on something. Someone say, I'm working on something. So he said, get a plan, and a part of your plan is shutting the door. Shut the door. Stop giving everybody access when you're not finished yet. And I know some people say, it's been taking you a long time. It might take me longer. But I'm still working on it. I was talking to a sister last week. Uh, we're getting ready to do some different things and add some different um, particular ministry in the church. And uh, this particular person that I asked to serve in this particular role, uh, she was talking and she was saying for many years, she didn't want to serve. Did not want to be whatever because she was still healing and still going through that. And said, so I'm not ready yet. She said, but when you asked me, I didn't even realize that I had been healed until you asked me. Sometimes you can work on a thing so long that you don't even realize that he's already done the work in you. Before you know it, he taps you and said, I'm done with that. I've already finished that. Can we give God praise for a second when you just look back on your life and before you know it, you have forgot about it. It don't sting no more. It don't hurt you no more. You can sit by your ex and have a whole praise party when there used to be a time you want to slit his throat. Now you're sitting there saying, if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side. I messed around, shut that door, and he started working on me. I mess around and shut that door and learn how to pray. I mess around and shut that door and learn how to worship. I mess around and shut that door and learn how to be a better me. I learned how to be a better mama. I learned how to be a better daddy. I learned how to be a better brother. But I couldn't be a better brother to you until I was a brother to myself first. But now I look at myself and say, you're a good man. Why? Because I learned how to shut the door. Shut that door, you learn how to be a worship leader. Not in front of the people. I learned how to bring myself into the presence of God. I learned how to get on my own knees and say, Father, I stretch my hands to thee. No other help I know. If you withdraw yourself from me, whether shall I go? I learned how to do it by closing the door on everybody who was a distraction. But I did not learn how to appreciate you until I first learned how to value me. But in order for me to be better for you, I'm going to have to close the door for a second because right now it's about me. Someone say it's about me. It's about me because I'm in debt and I'm tired of this debt. Someone say close the door. Woo, Jesus I feel virtue coming out of my body. I don't know who this is for. But I'm telling you in a season where you need to stop apologizing for the closed door. I want you to tweet it and put it out and say I'm not apologizing for the closed doors. I'm just not apologizing for it. I will not apologize for it because I gave you access before. If you need to remember that. Put it up on Throwback Thursday. Put up the pictures of how we used to spend time together and how we used to do all that type of stuff right now. But right now, I'm working on me, and the door is closed. How long would it be closed? I don't know. 
When are you going to be on the scene again? I don't know. Because I was on the scene before and it was doing nothing but taking from me. For this season, I need something to me. I'm tired of giving all my energy to the wrong place, all of my strength to the wrong place. In this season, I want my peace, and I want to keep it, and I don't want to share it with nobody else. All right. Lord, have mercy. Y'all, I got to get out of here. Lord. He says, borrow a vessel. Is this helping anybody? Is this, Lord Jesus, this is not what I plan to preach. By now, I'm supposed to be hooping in the key of E flat or something. I'm supposed to be like, ah. I mean, that's what I'm supposed to be doing, but it ain't happening. Portia, don't you talk about me like that. But he told her to borrow the vessels. He said, then shut the door. He said, and then keep pouring. Keep pouring. Someone said, keep pouring. Mind you. She said she didn't have anything but a little bit. But he said, keep pouring. As long as there was a vessel, there was a pour. As long as there was a vessel that needed to be filled, he allowed there to be a pour. Let me tell you something. Everything you need, you already have. If you see the need... Don't think God won't give you the poor for the need. As long as there was a vessel, there was a poor. She didn't realize how much she had poured until she turned to her child and she said, give me another. He said, there is no more. And when he said there is no more, the vessel, the oil stopped. God will not stop providing for you. Until you don't need it in that way anymore. As long as you need that, he will always provide that. But when you no longer need that, it will drop. You want word for it? When they got to the promised land, the manna ceased. As long as they were in the wilderness... There was manna every day. God provided food for them every day. But here. But when they got to where they could get it themselves, he stopped the miracle. Could you be asking God for a miracle and he's asking you to work? Because as long as you were in the wilderness, you needed a miracle. But now that you have the ability to do it yourself, maybe the manna has to cease to show you what you're capable of doing. I might not get any more shouters after that. As long as I was talking about these broke jokers, y'all like, preach! When I start talking about what you got to do yourself, oh Lord Jesus, go back to somebody else, please. Not me. He said when he got, she got through porn, the oil stopped. After she, she just didn't just get a plan, she worked the plan. It's not enough just to have a plan. You got to work the plan you have. Someone say work the plan. Come on, Rihanna, work, 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 work. You got to work it. You can't just have a plan that you don't work. And 
There are a lot of people, it's not the words you hear that saves you. It is the words you do. James said, not blessed are the hearers of the word, but blessed are the what? Say it again. You can't just hear this thing and say it was a good thing. You have to go out and say, now what about that word I'm going to do something with? She had to do something with the plan that the prophet gave her. He gave her the plan. She worked the plan. And when she worked it and got to the point that she had done everything she could do, the oil stopped. But he always provided oil as long as there was a need. I want to tell you, the oil is on you to provide a need. You're not anointed just for you. You're anointed for a need. Everything we have, right now this message and this oil is on me to teach and this oil is on me to preach is not for me. It's coming out of me to fill the need that you have. And what happens is it's pouring into you in many different ways. Many vessels, but different pours. Many vessels, but different pours. Sometimes God will give you a different pour for a different need. Don't attach yourself to a pour when he has another way he wants you to pour. Some people miss the flow because you marry where God was and not where he is. God used to flow like that, but now he could be flowing like this. But if you get caught up in what he used to do, you'll miss what he is doing because you like what he used to do. But when he's flowing a different way, you have to trust the oil, not your hand. Trust the oil. Trust what he gave you. Trust how he wants you to flow. Someone say trust him. So after the oil stopped, I'm through here. I'm just going to be finished. After the oil stopped, she then went to the man of God. She said to him, she said, I poured and I, I did everything. I have nothing left yet. And he said, he said to her, he said, all right. Now you go and sell that oil. And then you go live off of the rest. <laughs> he didn't say, go sell. Um, he said, go sell. He said, he, said, oh, he said, go sell what you did. Go sell that. Go sell it. And once you sell it, the profit off of that investment is not only going to be enough to pay off your debts, but it's going to be enough for you to live off the leftovers. When God gives you a plan, he doesn't just give you a plan for today. He will also give you something that will spill over into tomorrow. He said, when I give you, he said, go sell that because that was the miracle. He said, but the miracle is not just that. The miracle is that you're also going to have more than you need. You started out with less than you could live on. But now you're going to go back with more than you can ever have. Because you trusted me and you were obedient. Someone say obey. What I mean is obey when it doesn't make sense. Trust him when it doesn't make sense. Trust him. When he gives you something, do what he tells you to do. Even if it makes no sense. 
and watch God allow you to live off of leftovers. She went back to her house better than what she left it. Started out going through a situation that she could have closed her mouth in. I'm through. Could have closed her mouth in. But because she opened her mouth, God took care of her house. I'm through. I want to ask you today. I'm grateful for that woman's story. I'm grateful. And this woman has no name. We don't know her name. We know her story. We know her issue. We know what she did with her issue. We know how she trusted God. And we know that her family was taken care of because she did what God called her to do. But I want to ask you, here that you're watching, here those of you in this building right now, is there something that God wants to get to you? But he wants to see what he can get through you first? Say it again. Is there something that God wants to get to you, but he wants to see what he can get through you first? Last time. Is there something God wants to get to you, but he wants to see what he can get through you? Maybe you're dealing with pride. Maybe you're dealing with, we used to say in the South, the closed mouth don't get fed. Maybe you're dealing with an area that you're just like, I just, I just, I trust him, but I have an issue with people and, and this looks like, it doesn't look like enough. He's Jireh. God wasn't dependent on, this, this story wasn't about the vessels. This, this, it wasn't that. It's about her availability to trust him. To say, Lord, if you want, if you want to use vessels, use them. But today, we are the vessels. And I want to ask you, can he pour in you? Can he pour in you until you overflow? <laughs> can he pour in your life until you overflow into somebody else's life? Can he? If there's anybody in this room right now, everybody just stand to your feet all over the room. Everybody stand to your feet. I'm through. I'm finished. Thank you, Jesus. If that message ministered to you, can we just release praise in the room if that message ministered to you in any way? Yeah. My job and my prayer is that one that I'm obedient to him. That's my prayer. I want to be obedient to him. I just, I don't, I don't want to. I pray that every time you come here, um, that there's something that the Lord speaks to you. I pray that you don't ever come here uh, to see the Mario show. That is my prayer. I'm not impressed with myself, neither is he, but he sure does use me. And I want to make sure that for wh whoever here today, this message, this word for you, you could be hurting, you could be going through, you all that type of stuff. Because I believe, listen, this, the, the woman was a widow. So you imagine she was hurt because her husband was no longer there. She served in ministry. And now her husband's no longer there. And now something is trying to attack her household. But instead of her staying at stuck, she moved and said, I got to do something about this. And she opened her mouth. And I'm asking somebody today, will you not open up your mouth and ask God to heal where you're hurting? Just ask him, Lord, this, this, this seems bigger than me. This seems more than I can handle on my own. Lord, I know what you're asking me to do, but Lord, help me. I believe you in this, but help me believe you in that. I'm struggling with that. Lord, teach, help me. 
if that is for you and you need that that area that's an area that you're just really like lord i want to get to the leftovers but i'm stuck at pride i'm stuck at all those different those other areas lord help me if that's you will you raise your hand raise your hand all over thank you 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 thank all of you i want to pray for all of you right now you don't have to come up i just want to pray for you with your hands lifted keep your hands lifted thank you so much thank you for keeping your hands up lift your hands now repeat after me say lord i've acknowledged that it's me now those now what i want right now thank you the answer i want everybody to say this we don't just want to call them because all of us got an area some of you hadn't raised your hand because you got pride and it's okay. All of us start somewhere. All of us do. I'm not judging you. All of us start somewhere. But I want all of us to repeat this together so maybe it will hit you too. Now let's say it all together. Say, Lord, I've acknowledged that it's me. Now I'm bringing you me. Creating me a clean heart and renew the right spirit. I want to use what's in my house. Now teach me to trust you to handle what's in my house. Do it for your glory in Jesus' name. Father, every person who repeated that, every person who's live streaming, every person in this room, Father, you, they have a need that I cannot feel. They have an area that I cannot speak to. And maybe today I didn't speak to it. I don't know. But I do know that you are able to do exceeding abundantly above all that I could ask, think, or imagine. So, Father, I thank you uh, that you are so bilingual that while I'm speaking this way, you're speaking to another person a different way. I thank you, Lord, for speaking to the continuity of what these people need. Father, show yourself mighty and strong in the lives of your people. Every need they have, provide every empty area feel it let them see the goodness of the lord let them see the goodness of the lord let them see the goodness of the lord in jesus name amen let's give god praise if he dresses thank you for your prayers and generous support that grant us the opportunity to do ministry now this connection doesn't have to end here Visit our website, engage with our social platforms, comment, review, screenshot, and share your growth with others. And until next time, keep growing.